G'day mates, welcome to another Guitar Wank podcast. I am your host Troy McCubbin. Thank you for joining us on this lovely evening. This is episode 167 and we are continuing with the Quilter Guys. I know a few, uh, there was a few uh, comments about the, uh, the mic fidgeting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I know, I see it, I see it, but uh, I'm not going to go through the whole podcast and edit that shit out, that would take forever, and I, man, I struggled just to, I was going to say to get it up, get these up, (laughs) there's so many more jokes in that one, Uh, but uh, yeah, just don't have time, I know I see the guests, I see them fidgeting, and the mics fall off, it happens to Scott all the time, it happens to all of us. I wanted to use just standard mics, but Scott and Bruce were all about the lav mics. They didn't want to be talking into a microphone on a stand. So that's what you get from more professional podcasts, which there are many out there. That's what you get. You get professionalism. We've never said that from day one, that we're going to be doing that kind of stuff. Uh, we, we, Yeah. So, uh, of course, if someone would like to edit the show... <laughs> And edit all those little pops and stuff out. But Mr. Paddy Quilter, as I would like to call him, Paddy, was uh, he was a little fidgeter with his microphone, and it come off a few times, and uh, yeah, it was it was annoying. But what are you going to do? So uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. What are you going to do? Anyway, so back to business. So we're going to continue with the Quilter guys and uh, and finish up with that. We will be announcing um, the Quilter Amp sometime. i got to talk about that with Bruce, but we've got that, the Quilter Amp, the Wireworld package. We still have left coast pedals. The other left coast pedals went out to the guys the other day. I know because I had to stand in the post office for fucking hours. <laughs> oh, man, the mailroom sucks at Guitar Wank. And, uh, yeah, so anyway, we've got those for the Patreon members coming out. I'm going to nag Bruce about a new... Uh, post on that Patreon page, new video, new hint, new trick, guitar trick, uh, but he also has a new video out if you didn't see it advertised, Bruce has done the ballad thing, he's gone mega ballad on us ladies and gentlemen, so check that out, it's an amazing video, I watched it and I was super inspired and uh, I just realised there's another 15 years that I need to put into this friggin instrument before I'm any decent. <laughs> But anyway, it's a great video, so check it out on My Music Masterclass. Uh, Amongst the many other great videos Bruce has got, seriously, it's it's just a wealth of information. And as you know, Bruce is a straight shooter. He doesn't bullshit you. He gets to the point, as I will now go to patreon.com slash guitarwank, sign up, get involved, and be in the running for amazing prizes that we are giving away. Uh, The guys that just got their pedals... Send us a post, send us a post a picture. I want to see you guys using the pedals. That'd be great. But we've got more pedals, more wire world priority or cables, gift pack, which is huge. It's probably going to cost Guitar Wank a fortune to send this out uh, to whoever wins it. And also the Quilter Amp, which is amazing as well. So uh, there's some pretty awesome prizes coming up. And uh, also some Left Coast pedals, Left Coast Workshop pedals. As I said, we're continuing with uh, the Quilter Guys just for you New York cats. Remember, Bruce Foreman is coming to New York. He'll be there the uh, next week, I think, right? The first week. He's going to be playing Dizzy's out there. So make sure you check that out. Reach out to Bruce. Go see him. 
at Dizzy's at the uh, the Lincoln Jazz Center on damn I can't remember the date. You, you it's on it's on his page. Go to his page. Email him. Text him. Bug him. Go see him. Go have a beer. And if you can't make that show because you live in Los Angeles, well, thank God Bruce is doing a gig at Vitalo's on May 8th. We should all get together. If you're in Los Angeles, uh, I'm going to go and uh, we're going to get a bunch of people and all go support Bruce and just have a great night. We might get really drunk and just throw shit at him all night. I think that would be a really good new aspect to guitar. The red guitar is Bruce trying to perform that as he dodges... Uh, materials thrown from the audience I think that'd be fantastic just me maybe thinking that but anyway (laughs) maybe we'll do that but yeah come to Vitalo's May 8th and uh, he's going to do a show there I believe it's doors open at 6.30 7.30 show you can get great meals there great booze Um, yeah I I think you can do lines on the table while Bruce is playing I don't know but I'm sure you can try just do it and that's it and then Bruce is off to Australia all of our if you're not in Los Angeles what am I just a mouthpiece for Bruce's tours I think so if you're not in Los Angeles and you're not in uh, New York by Jingo's by Crikey's Bruce Foreman is heading down under and will be in uh, um, Australia on mid-June I think like June 15th he arrives he's going to be in Brisbane Sydney and Melbourne I think that's it so uh, if you're in any of those three cities, Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne, yeah, uh, check it out. I think he's going as far as up to Noosa. Uh, if you have a workshop you want him to do, uh, a, a backyard party, uh, a, a barbecue you want him to attend, I'm sure he'd be down for it. But Bruce and Danielle are going to be there. They're going to have a ball. They're going to be doing their shows and clinics. Uh, if you want private lessons... Uh, he may do that, but uh, he's uh, trying to get as many house parties going down there, and I think he just wants to drink himself through Australia. Uh, that's the goal. <laughs> so there you go. That's all the information I have, and uh, I can hear you saying, "Shut up, McCubbin." Someone said my mic was too <laughs> loud in uh, in the, some of the podcasts. You know why? Because fucking when I talk, I get on the microphone. Everyone else just doesn't that's why i wanted microphones because that makes you talk into the microphone you get it i get it i'm gonna have to talk about it with scott and bruce scott is out in the universe just touring away doing his thing blowing people's faces off which is fantastic he will be coming back to the show soon and we'll uh, find find out what he's been up to all right that's it let's get into the quilter world we will talk to you guys next week have a great weekend be safe be good community 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 and uh, all that kind of fun stuff uh if you have any queries questions or complaints send them to bruce foreman at yahoo.com or guitarwanker gmail.com or just stick it up your butt it's pretty simple all right have a great week i'll see you guys next week oh by the way that track last week that uh, a lot of people were asking about it i believe it was a lyle workman track from his new album and uh, the track was called Nothing Left Unsaid we love Lyle Workman fucking great man great bloke Uh, so check him out and I might play another one of his tracks on this episode too just to mix it up and also uh, I'm going to say g'day to uh, Jeff McElane and Robin Ford they're doing a show in New York I think coming up too so uh, that'll be fun alright 
next week. Later. set the sound back one little step one. right it's a latency is what i call it yeah because I mean, yeah. there's a big difference i mean this you know and i like when it speaks particularly in a, in a boomy room you know mm-hmm. god it's great when you or you're outside yeah you know and you don't have to kind of go looking for your sound in something that's that's a solid state quality that's really attractive but then you get into a room that's particularly dead 
a recording studio, mm-hmm. and then sometimes that gets a little like a little fast, too much in your face. You so, know, I mean, and I mean that's we just know better. I right. mean, if you're a professional, you know better. You know how to use it. But I have used the 101 in the studio numerous times and had great, great times with it. So um, I can't remember. Do we put a high cut on the 101 reel? It doesn't. No, but it has a it has a dedicated treble control. That's right. Voice like an old Fender, but, uh, a but bit some fatter. of our amps have a. Uh, Sorry, audience. Oh, My mic fell off again. Um, we have a high cut control on uh, that is after the overdrive stage. So that's useful for taking the edge off when it is too fizzy for any reason. Uh-huh. Uh, but that tends to be uh, it's a micro pro thing, uh, and we have it on some of our. It's on the uh, pro block. Pro block well. two hundred has it, and uh, it's. Um, um, yeah, that's right. I think um, it's just those two. Right. So, uh, of course, you know, you can do a lot um, in the recording console if, you know, to fix the track afterwards. But, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, Pat, are you, uh, are you kind of checking out what other amp builders are doing or checking out their amps and stuff? Or, or do you kind of just, you know what you're going for and you go for it? I mean, we, we watch the market naturally. Yeah. Uh, uh, I would say that I'm always interested in listening to a well-regarded amp, but at this point we're kind of, you know, we kind of have a direction. Hmm. Um, I mean, I know what works for you know my, for me and the vast majority of our customers, uh, and you know, surprise, surprise, it's a, a, a response that you will find in all of the great classic amplifiers, and you know, which the electric guitar grew up with, so. There's no real surprise that the two have been, you know, bred to match each other, if you will. Um, so, uh, at you know, at some point, I'm just saying, well, you know, I we just you know, Pete tries things, Chris tries things, I play my lap steel, yeah, and we want that treble to have a little more chime, you know, and just you know, and just it's we don't want it to be too thin, and we want it to chime. Sometimes, you know, and you know, it almost depends what mood we're in. And I don't obsess <laughs> about making every amp exactly the same because what's the point in that? I mean, right. you know. Yeah, the, like my friends, uh, you know, I mean, it's is it surprising to you, first of all, that so many jazz musicians are playing these amps? Uh, that's gratifying because back in the day, although, you know, I was primarily, you know, looking to be a, you know, support hot rock and roll, um, you know, I would like I would have liked it if the amps played well on jazz, and our early solid state stuff didn't really. It was kind of, you know, coarse and you know, it just didn't, you know, didn't have a lot of warmth. The 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 you know the new product, the current product, does have a lot of warmth, and that's sort of the secret of a good jazz tone, and also really the secret of a good overdrive tone is you got to start with a warm amp, and then when you push it. You you add that vibrancy, you know those ringing harmonics on top of the warmth, and you've got one of the you know some kind of soaring you know sound that you know, just really makes you want to go for it. Hmm. I would see, I, as a tube guy, I guess I grew up with solid state can't be warm. That was the that's what you're always told and led to believe. Right. But you guys are changing that dramatically i mean well what they did was like when you're using 
polytone is the uh, is you know in well, the jazz that, world. You know, I mean, they, it was crunchy, but it was it was mid rangey no. It was very. It was very muffly. Well, it was, so yeah. people yeah, mistook that for warm. Yeah, how do you get a solid state amp to sound warm? Well, it goes back to that damping factor I talked about earlier, and some other subtleties. See, one of the problems is that you assign your average electronic engineer to do an amp. You know, they're they're taught that you know distortion is bad, so they make them you know they make them clean. Even Leo Fender wanted them to be clean. Mm -hmm. That's why he kept kind of increasing the mid-scoop because Dick Dale would take the amps out and play them on 10 and get this big crashing sound and maybe blow some speakers along the way. And then, you know, I'm sure Leo or somebody with him, somebody in the group would go and listen and go, oh God, but the amps are breaking up. It's terrible. Let's <laughs> take, keep taking some mid-range out until they... Cause, and that's why they're so scooped, you think? Right. And, mm -hmm. and it does really clean up the sound, but it still has that bright you know, chiming, crashing highs, and that full-bodied bass. And the notes in the middle are what kind of clutter up a chord when you're trying to play big chords with overdrive. So the mid-scoop has, you know, become the time-honored solution to uh, what some people would call good, clean distortion. <laughs> An expression which drives s some engineers kind of crazy. But, you know, as you guys will know, there's all kinds of distortion. You know, I mean, there's really nasty Hollywood fuzz tone distortion, and there's very smooth, you know, buttery distortion, and there's all kinds in between. Um, you know, and that's why they make a million different distortion pedals. Um, but you know, we're aiming for kind of a chewy quality that enters into the distortion very nice and easy, so you can feel it coming. You know when you've hit it, and then there's plenty left if you want to go past that. So, you know, I always kind of use the analogy of a of a car that you know you can throw it into a slide but you're still in control and you can right. still keep pushing it yeah i think uh one thing too that a lot of people don't know that's really cool is you know pat's designs on these amps are so different from what solid state has been before that we have a patent from the u.s right. government on a recipe of all analog circuits so yeah solid state's been so terrible for 40 years and so this there's special enough. source in there there's, it's like a <laughs> recipe, right? Of so, so are you, you wondering, do, 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 do you goop your amps to make sure nobody uh, clones? <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> Carve things in there about pirates? Yeah. Surprisingly, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, you know, I kind of assumed that once we put this out there, um, I mean, first off, I assumed that, you know, the market would come marching to our doors, which I have to say they've kind of taken their time. Uh, <laughs> but we do have thousands of happy customers so we're getting there um, but I also assumed that you know as soon as the you know major amp companies saw what we were doing they would go oh I see what these guys are doing and they would start doing it too and they really haven't uh, and whether it's because we do have a patent on the full combination of ingredients or whether maybe they just don't really get all of the details because it is a uh, uh, it's not just any one thing. I mean, from time to time, 
somebody would like Galley and Kruger would announce, oh, the secret's the output transformer. So they put an output transformer on a solid state amp. Well, it changed it a little, but it still didn't really sound like a tube amp. Yeah. And yeah. It, the digital guys would say, well, it's the transfer function, you know, and, and we've measured, you know, what a Marshall does and it's embodied in this piece of code. And when you run it, you're going to sound like a Marshall. Well, it might at a certain volume level and a certain lick, but not in general, you know, because it's all an organic thing about you know the the guitar interacting with the input impedance of the amplifier interacting with the eq controls interacting with the overdrive system uh, which i will say ours is more complicated than the average one because uh, a push-pull tube amp has a lot of stuff going on and then you've got your power amp damping factor interacting with the loudspeaker so that's how many six or seven elements in a row all of which matter and all of which have to be dialed in um, and you know the designers of the past that we you know that got it right you know either instinctively understood some of this or just were lucky that the radio handbook circuits happened to do what they wanted you know um, but you know to make solid state stuff sound like that you know, I've had to kind of go a little deeper and really understand what's going on. So, you know, I'm able to manipulate it consciously. And, you know, it's um, it's an interesting tightrope because you don't want to go too far. The, the tendency of any designer is, well, I know the secret now. Well, let's give it more. Right. Well, more isn't necessarily better. There's a, there's a sweet spot. Yeah. Mm. Well, you're definitely changing the whole environment, mate. I mean, it's it's really... Until you plug in, because you think, well, you pick it up, it weighs nothing. Yeah, okay, this is made. There's nothing in here. How can it sound good? And then you play it, and right. you're like, it really fucks with your whole mental state. Because you're like, as a guitar player, this does not make sense. That this sounds so good, and it's so loud, yet it's so small, and it weighs nothing. So... And, and I wish... Amazing. Yeah, you know... I've watched, I don't know, I mean, literally hundreds of people plug into the amp for the first time. And I just wish I had a movie <laughs> of every five seconds, just plug in, shring, really? You know, I mean, just that, you get that reaction every time. Yeah. And, you know, and uh, it would be the greatest promo video ever. Yeah, know? we need to do that. We've been talking about that for some time. But you gotta, I mean, it's an honest reaction you can't fake. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know... Unless we literally had a camera running every time we did a demo, you, know, you would miss it. But uh, but it's there. Yeah. That's that's awesome, man. Well, I I know everyone's going to be super excited to check your stuff out. Where do they go? Quilter.com, is it or uh, Quilterlabs? Quilterlabs.com, and yep. we've managed to advance pretty much to the top of the Google stack. If you wow. if you punch in Quilter. You won't really get quilting sites anymore like you used to in the, at the beginning. Uh, we'll be right up there at the top. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it took a couple of years for the little old ladies to stop coming around and seeing our sign and saying, you know, so, you know, what kind of quilting supplies do you have here? You know? Yeah, we don't have many of those listeners, I don't think. No, I don't no. think so. But You, you know. still make the PAs, right? The, well, QSC, you know, is carrying on wonderfully and right. in under. Are you, know, you no longer involved? I'm or? I'm not there every day, but I'm there. Free, you know, I'm I'm, I'm on the board. Uh, you know, I'm chairman of the board actually. Uh, you know, I we see the folks all the time. You know, I I remain 
in close touch with the power amp group because that's what I did for all those years. And um, sometimes they need to, the old man to tell them one thing or another. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and QSC is, of course, a tremendous resource for us because uh, we do have the immense privilege of having our electronics made in the QSC factory, right. which, uh, you know, I, would, I wouldn't have entertained starting a company from scratch to do what QSC can do after, you know, 50 years. 50 years, yeah. Um, so, you know, that, you know, that makes it all possible. So sure, I, we're over there all the time. Uh, we're not strangers, but you know, QSC is forging ahead with ever better PA speakers. You know, glass top mixers. You know, uh, QSIS audio networking now going into video, moving on into corporate boardrooms. Uh, you know, classic follow the money strategy. Um, <laughs> still maintaining a strong presence in you know music stores and. Uh, um, guitar center and so forth have you have um, you guys ever thought about solving the worldwide problem of shitty shitty sound systems in train stations airplanes like subways it's just every time you get on a subway or a plane it's like oh my god that's just horrible <laughs> um you know uh, it is getting worked on right. uh, the you know the advanced technology stuff i mentioned in passing you know we do have some airport uh, systems in play yep. and if you've been to like the Bradley terminal or someplace the you know the current generation of PA speakers is a lot better than those nasty squawky things yeah unfortunately you know all of American infrastructure is you know suffering from a lack of funding and you know so they tend to keep those 50 year old bullhorns going you know and, uh, <laughs> yeah. and you know they get the job done so it's not like you can't you know yeah, um, there are other priorities, but yeah, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, I mean, it was it, it's a real part of QSC's mission statement to make the world a better sounding place, right? And you know, and I would like to think Quilter Labs will have that same influence in our little neck of the woods with guitar and bass amps. Well, Pete, when did you when did you join the company? Uh, I guess you know, as of last week, it's been three years. Wow! Yeah, that's all. Yeah, that's it. Um, Seems longer. I've been around <laughs> oh, for a while. That's not a nice thing to say. <laughs> well, no, it's a good thing because you've got a lot. You've done He's a done lot. A lot. But, that's you know, uh, it's been fun. Yeah, you know, and uh, <laughs> I've had the pleasure of. Uh, I was friends with Chris and, um, bef- for a couple of years before working here, um, as a I guess gigging guitar player that went for school. For, I uh, went to school for guitar. Yeah. Gig with tube amps. Uh, they have issues. I have one of the first tone blocks. Plug it into the internal speakers. Get through the gig. No one's paying me more for carrying this heavy thing. <laughs> I'm going to leave it at home. And um, I worked at Alva's Music. And we were one of the first oh, quilter okay. dealers. So yep. I guess I've been around quilter for a little while. And, and you guys you guys based years. in customized? Yeah. We're right around the corner from QSC. Same block. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, and I, there. And Peter, you called me up. Just I don't even remember why you called me up, and I went down to visit you. you I think you had said on I'm a fan of Guitar Way podcast, by but the no, way. this was I, even, I think I think that even before the podcast, I really? went down. You you called me up and you said I got some amps I want you to check out or something. You know, you know, got some really cool amps. I want you to come check them out. I went down to Santa Ana or Costa Mesa, Costa Mesa yeah, right. and. Uh, and I played, me. and I really didn't like them hmm. particularly. Huh. Uh, you remember? I mean, I mean, yeah, they were they were good, but they weren't like something I really wanted to get hot about. And then you heard me on 
Then I heard on, you on the podcast, on the podcast saying saying what That's I right. can't okay. get from <laughs> what I want from an amp. Yeah, and what what I wasn't getting from the various solid state amps I had used. Uh huh. And then you called me back. You said, I got something I think you're going to like. And you sent yeah. it to me. And that's kind of how it all happened, if I remember the timeline. I think so. Exactly. I, I can't remember exactly when you came down or when I first heard, but I do remember, I remember hearing seeing you talking an old on the podcast. Quilter amp, like a big, tall, like yeah. from the 60s. Okay. Yeah, of. that's old number one. It still works. Yeah. And uh, I remember seeing that in the office yeah. when I came down. Never it's got still to play it. There. But uh, that's I remember that old seeing season. that. And I, and I just had the assumption, wow. You know, about Pat, you know, of course I knew about QSC and all that, but just another story. I mean, I know so many of these stories of guys that grow up playing music and they're around music and uh, they're, you know, they hear it or they figure there's a better way to do it Mm -hmm. and, you know, and another way to do it and... uh, I call I call your your brethren solder sniffers. Uh-huh. There you go. <laughs> Although I got to admit that you're like seem like a, the one of the most well adjusted ones of your of your clan. Well, you know, I don't have to fuck with me too much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like you know, like you know, I mean, it doesn't seem like you live in your mom's garage or you know you don't you're you're awake during the day and well, stuff like that. You know uh, that kind of stuff. I, I was lucky enough to make a good income, so I, I live by myself, but not in my mom's garage. <laughs> <laughs> but you know that's kind of a solder sniffer trait, you know, yeah. like living in mom's house, only uh, working in dark hours, never uh, working during I, the daylight. I, yeah. uh, believe me, I did that. Oh, okay, so <laughs> good. I was sure. there for for many years. <laughs> you so. Made it out. so that's like a solder sniffer thing, you know what I mean? And uh, so, are you guys getting a lot of um, touring guitarists now that are traveling? Because there's so many choices oh, for players. Yeah. Now you know you got the fractal and the what the Kemper. Mm-hmm. Right. Is that right? Um, you and got the, those and the Helix and uh, oh, Helix and pedal boards, of course, right. all over the place. Pedal boards, yeah. yeah. Um, so and, and they, they all they all play without sound on the yeah. stage. This was like, yeah, that's so that, weird. I went to a Katy Perry rehearsal right. not too long ago, and, and, I, and it was like yeah. it was like this. This is what it sounded like. Except for I mean, when the drums wasn't right. playing, right? Yeah, I mean, the band was just playing without the drums, right? This is all you heard, like the p- keyboard the player, and yeah. then the strings on the guitar, because oh. everybody had in ears, right? There was no sound going. Then the singers came out. Okay, you can kind of hear the singers, but they've right. got in ears, and then the drummer plays, and of course now all you can hear is the drummer, right? Huh? And but he's behind like the sne- the big penalty box, sneeze sure, guard yeah, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, and uh, sneeze guard, and yeah. that's it's just, I mean, I get it. I get it. If you if it's a sound man's world and you're playing a big house, I, I get it. I yeah. get it. You don't want the sound from the stage messing with right. your yeah. thing. It really okay. does clean up the the house feed. Right. Uh, you know, and so like I said back, you know, but, with, the, with the interblock, yeah. the idea is to try to restore at least some sense of soul to that rather bleak situation. Right. Well, I mean, just just I mean, like you say, nothing like live music. Well, yeah. The idea of playing in that situation to me is like, is 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 just reprehensible. Probably, and and I hear music like that because I actually just did it for a whole weekend because yeah. we have a soundstage like that at USC where people do recitals, and, and nothing bothers me more than to be watching a guitar player with with when I'm within proximity. Yeah. And to hear it right. from not where I'm seeing it, yeah, yeah. It, it's like it's it's just now it's like it's like when I listen to a record and guys like a lot of jazz guitar players do this thing now, of where they'll they'll put their guitar like kind of in the left side leftish channel, right. and then in the right channel they'll like use like a 
millisecond delay or something and they'll mm -hmm. put it over there to fatten the sound out and it just sounds i mean it's like okay it's yeah. you know i mean it's like i'm being gamed here i mean there's <laughs> something about me that i just have such a such a you know i'm an old guy and i've been yeah. playing live all my life and i just know what music sounds like it's it's like hearing a, a acoustic nylon solo and then a screaming rock Distorted solo comes after, but the nylon string solo was twice as loud as the rock solo. Yes. You know, like that, just like, what the what is this? You know, right. I mean, what world am I on? Am I on a new planet now? Well, you know? this, see, this is one of the, <laughs> the drawbacks of being in the mature, mature oh, age of electric music. You know, back in the, you know, I, there's this quote I still remember from early Rolling Stone magazine days. You know, the, somebody talked about going down to the, going into the first Liverpool club, cave, cave club, you know. And he said, so, you know, we walked down the stairs and turned the corner, and here was this band just playing so fucking loud, you couldn't believe it, you right. know. And I'm sure by today's standards, it was just pretty loud, you know. Yeah. I mean? <laughs> but but they were giving it the all they had. The sound man wouldn't let them play that loud. What are you talking about? Well, I mean, there was there probably was no sound man. <laughs> I, you know? I know, I know, and, but uh, that's today now. So they were blasting their, you know, their <laughs> AC-30s and whacking the drums for all they were worth and, yeah. you know, and having a fine old time. But everybody knew that was just transgressionally loud because, you know, they were used to hearing jazz played through those amps, you know, right. which was just, you know, clear and audible you know but not ridiculous yeah. and uh and so uh, yeah well, maybe I, I have to maybe i have to oh, go yeah, from mike maybe yeah, maybe yeah. i have to go from clear and audible to ridiculous i think that's my next move yeah. i'm already kind of ridiculous but ridiculous uh so <laughs> full, i, mean, full I have this sense of balance myself where yeah when when somebody is playing an overdrive solo, they should be the loudest thing in the mix. Exactly. And then, yeah. you know, when it's back to the vocal, they should be the loudest thing. Right. And the drums are in there banging away for all they're worth. And yeah. the bass player is holding down the bottom, you know. And uh, everyone's, like, you know, contributing their part. But, yeah, to have, you know, the, the, you know, the lead fuzz solo be at a level less than the clean guitar sound, you know, just... Just ain't natural. I know. I just I, those those are my problems. Are we life. are we hearing like at concerts? Are we hearing stuff better now, and there's maybe less vibe, or it, is it irrelevant because the audiences are a different age, anyway? Well, there's no question that the technical quality of the sound is miles ahead of what it, certainly what it was 50 years ago. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, 50 years ago, if you went to a show in L.A. with Tycho Bray or Tycho Brahe or one of those sound companies. You know, if you could understand a word the vocalist said, you were ahead of the game. Uh, you know, you actually were probably hearing the two or three marshals filling, you know, doing the guitar stuff, you know. And, uh, and you know, the bass was sort of rumbling away in there somewhere. And there was no definition. And what you were getting was just sort of, you know, horn breakup, you know, just that kind of squawky sound. Um, and, you know, the first... PA that I ever heard that just sort of went, made me go, wow, was Alice Cooper's touring system, which was, you know, had some large horn-loaded mid-range drivers, and, and it was hanging, and it still wasn't really hi-fi, but it was a big, loud, clear blare, right. you know, and that, it, it, it did the job in a big arena, um, and, you know, and, and you know, the, the, the next interesting experience was... Uh, QSC had sold a 100,000-watt 
uh, amplifier system to Iron Maiden. Uh, <laughs> and then we went to hear a sound check at Irvine Meadows Amphitheater. But you and, only had to go to Anaheim to hear it. Right? Um, well, <laughs> the, the stage tech came on and there was, you know, the requisite set of four marshals per player, you know, and fired up the marshals and played this, you know, you know, you know, and then we were saying way in the back, you know. And so, yeah, I didn't expect the marshals to be that loud, you know, from that far away. And then he turned on the sound and it was like, ah, nah, nah. you know, it was like 20 dB louder than four marshals, which were, you know, I mean, those amps will make your pants leg, pant legs flap when you're yeah. up next to them. Um, and I was just like, okay, you know, I mean, I've just heard marshals sound ridiculously, you know, like nothing, you know. Um, and there was an actual sort of base zone down the middle third of the outdoor arena that you could feel the base, which I'd never experienced in a you know big outdoor thing. You know, um, so and that was still you know decades ago. So where where are we heading heading for live sound and, and concert halls and? performances like oh boy that. yeah don't ask me uh, <laughs> you got any more beer no. uh, yeah. Yeah. If your you like another could, north coast beer if your audience okay right could now. see me they would see my gray hair and grizzled uh, <laughs> looks and realize you know this guy ain't getting, going to many modern shows but what have you got to say about that i either? mean i think as productions get kind of more dialed and the bigger shows certainly people are are going direct more often uh right now fortunately for us at quilter um a lot of our musicians aren't playing places that big and still get to use an amp for better or worse, usually better for the audience and the musician getting right. to have a speaker on stage. So, yeah, I mean, we do we do benefit from a lot of guys touring with little heads and plugging them into whatever combo amp is falling yeah. apart. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's undoubtable. Going I mean, to a PA is better for the sound guy, which well, is weird because sound guys are usually worse for the musician. Right. But, I you know, mean, it's, uh, it's moving along. You know, production-wise, you know, I mean... You correct me if I'm wrong, but aren't most big touring acts now is video dominated? Yeah, it's all about the yeah. dazzle and the well, yeah, lighting. Well, yeah, no, but, the, but I mean this this particular one I saw, Katy Perry. You know, they're all they have a show and they're all playing their parts and they're all doing. Uh, the guitars did have Kempers or whatever or Fractal, yeah. and uh, but the, you know, and, and all the other instruments, the keyboards and the and the bass and everything were all going straight into the house within ears. Right. The only thing that was, like I say, the only thing that you could hear live was the drums and the uh, and the vocals. And they're probably still using a lot of samples on the drums too. And well, I mean, this particular drummer was playing the drums, you know, and yeah. uh, and but the, I mean, who knows how much of the show was also just Playback. stuff pre pre recorded yeah. that went along with that. Sure. They're all playing to a click, you know, and it's all it's all orchestrated, well, and choreographed. That whole thing now where we're heading into that virtual reality thing where right. you can buy a seat at a concert. Oh, it's insane. Sit in your living room yeah. and you are at the concert because you've bought this seat and it's right. all virtual reality. But you are actually at a live concert, but it, you're getting the direct feed. So, right. But you aren't getting the joint passed to you from the guy next no. door. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it. Well, unless, unless you could you provide have a good that party. yourself, I suppose. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not quite the same. If you're in the right state. <laughs> yeah. But, um, it's amazing where it's heading. But I got to say, I mean, I wish when I was touring, this was around because man, I can't remember the line. So much 
you know, uh, back line that we had, it was always hit and miss. You didn't know what you were getting. It was like, sure. you would pray every sound check. Oh, just one good amp, man. Just one good amp. <laughs> you get one, then you get a shitty one. Right. And, so yeah. a lot of people do what they've started calling Q-topping, where they, they unplug the amp and plug one of their traveling quilter head in into instead. the speaker. Yeah. yeah. Perfect, right? And yeah. the speakers are usually okay. So... And they, like I said, our amps tend to bring out the best in a standard guitar speaker. So, you know, that that works for them. I gotta say, it was a, a proud day that ended up actually in the New York Times. Um, I'm sure you know Gilad Hexelman. Uh, yeah, yeah, New York jazz guy. So he uh, has been great to work with as an artist of ours too. And so he brings a micro pro head around, and um, someone took a photo of him playing. I don't know if it was that small, somewhere in New York. But our amp on top of a twin, Q topped in through the speakers using our <laughs> amp and in the New York Times, you know. Yeah. So that's awesome. That was pretty cool. So that's really cool. It's well, a, you guys are yeah. changing minds, man. I mean, it's you know, I'm sure there's a lot of hardcore tube guys out there that would just still go, nah. Yeah, I'm not yeah, doing I mean, it. Yeah, but then they play it and go, you know what? I could leave that twin at home tonight. I well, could take or this. just or just to have it in reserve in case that Your one day. When it craps out, which it will, they all do. Yeah. And you've got a backup, and then maybe you find you like it, and then you're right. Like this, on tonight's gig, there's two flights of stairs. I think I'm gonna bring <laughs> right. this one. You know. If you're in New York, you have to have. Yeah. One of these. Well. Yeah. We've got people who you know specifically got the Micro Pro Eight because it was subway and taxicab friendly. Yeah. yeah. And then you know it works great for them. That's awesome. Um, but you know. Um, I always sort of thought, uh, you know, looking into the future, you know, that, you know, the, the de- development and marketing of a good solid replacement for what you might call the standard classic guitar amp was just actually hopefully going to be the first step in, you know, Quilter Labs taking over the world. You know, just, you know, get us out there, get, you know, become known as, you know, a company that's doing th- interesting things and try to parlay that into doing more original type stuff, you know, that's never been done before. I mean, in a very real sense, yes, nobody's really duplicated a tube amp sound in a two pound cigar box size box, but you know, at the end of the day, we're just trying to keep a classic sound alive with modern technology that, you know, doesn't, you know, go bad on you every other night or whatever. Um, But it's still, you know, we're honoring a sound of the past that's a great sound and should be kept alive but you know finding the new sounds in the future finding yeah where do we take it from here and yeah and you know and as i watch these shows become more and more choreographed you know it's i mean you might as well go see a movie of the show <laughs> i mean uh yet every time this has happened in the past you know young musicians come along who you know they're not as good yet they can't compete with these you know virtuosos you know polished acts so they invent some new kind of music and and push that out there and you know it catches on and the next thing you know you've got a whole new wave of music happening and i gotta say as you know i i collect old 78s going back to the 19 teens yeah and when you you know as an observer of popular music you can see about every 10 years, almost like clockwork, there was a major change in the style of music. So you went from the kind of sedate, ragtimey teens to the uh, roaring 20s, 
uh, you know, the hot Charleston dances, to the swinging 30s, to the vocal star 40s, to the rock and roll 50s, to the rock 60s. And the last thing I would have expected when I had all this figured out uh, was that we'd still be listening to those same songs 50 <laughs> years later. Right. Yeah, because yeah. a lot of the crap they put out today is crap. Well, I mean, but hip-hop and rap have, have dominated for 40 years now. It's kind of amazing. I mean, it's a really long-in-the-tooth form. It's really surprising yeah. to me that it has maintained... Well, it, it, it did one... You know, one of the I, mean, I remember the first rap tune was like the what early eighties. Well, right? the, the last poets were rapping in the sixties. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the revolution will not be televised. Right. And now uh, country raps, and it's atrocious. Oh, God, yes. that's the <laughs> worst. Yeah, I don't, want to well, I, I don't want to go with the Cowboys, obvious, obvious not, on that one, right? Uh, <laughs> cowboy rap. We know what that's called. <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, country rap. Hip hop is my favorite <laughs> term. Or you just crap, crap country yeah. rap. But you know, one of the driving forces behind all this is the economics of music you know that you know if you look at the the sequence i just laid out as soon as amplification came in in the in the late 20s early 30s it became possible to fill a dance a ballroom with less than 20 musicians right, right, right. You know? That's, yeah so inevitably the number of musicians you were willing to pay for tended to wither away so, you know, it went from a big band to Benny Goodsman's sextet to a combo to Chuck Berry, you know, trying to sound as big as the brass band, you know, the horn-driven bands that his swing records his parents listened to. Right. Um, to and, you know, rap is the, and DJs are the ultimate, you know, end point of that. You know, one person getting the money That's and putting on a show. That's my one-man thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's because nobody else can stand to play with me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the grim reality is that musicians haven't gotten a raise for 50 years. I mean, not, let, let alone... How fucked you know, up is that? Yeah. I mean, in, in dollars that aren't even worth a sixth of what they were back in the day. That's, that's insane. And, you yeah. know, it's... Yeah, but, you know, I got the one thing money can't buy. Poverty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's insane. God, man. I mean, there was a uh, in that uh, latest uh, Star Wars movie that was in the main cycle, you know, where they go to Madam What's Her Name's planet, and there's another alien bar band. <laughs> uh, so I, I so wanted there to be a subtitle, you know. We ain't getting paid more for this gig than we did 38 years ago. <laughs> yeah, it just hasn't it hasn't changed. I caught up with a mate the other day, and we were out in the road with a major act in the early two yeah early 2000s, and he went out with a major act like last year, and it was exactly the same money. I was like, it's like oh, we're still getting this. I'm like, oh my god! What do you mean still? Yeah, what are you gonna give me now? It's like <laughs> nearly 20 years ago, and the pay, and that's classed as still good pay. Oh, they're giving us two grand a, a week on the road. It's like, man, it hasn't gone up. It's well, and gone it down. has the de- dollar hasn't depreciated. What a week! Two grand, <laughs> a, a major, major, major artist touring. You know, and you know maybe there's been a 50 percent depreciation in since in 20 years 
but you know there's major inflation throughout the 70s and 80s yeah. so you know two thousand dollars a week back in the 60s would have been that's how you could afford to pay the twelve hundred dollars for a dual showman which yeah. like i said was like be like seven thousand dollars in today's money yeah, yeah. wow it's true like a twin would about the same price yeah, a twin with JBLs I recall being nine ninety nine. Yeah, and with Jensen's seven ninety nine, and you know it's not much more than that now. Well, I mean you know, retail it's twelve ninety nine for a twin now. I yeah. think right, and but when you take inflation into a, into account, a three thousand dollar hand wired boutique amp is a value. It's yeah. half the price in real dollars of a mass produced Fender back in the day. Right. Yeah. Right. Wow. Yeah, man. Yeah. No, I don't feel so bad. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> it's the North Coast beer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, very good. I think you're winning the plug race. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, that, unfortunately, you know, the stagnant, you know, mu- pay, pay scale of musicians has had its impact on, you know, what you can sell equipment for. And, it, you know, fortunately, the, the real cost of electronics has continued to drop as, mass production works its wonders i mean you know the you know you pay you know a few hundred bucks for a big flat panel tv that originally cost thousands and it's no more than the few hundred bucks or the seven six or seven hundred dollars you paid for a 21 inch tube color tv back in the day which would be like like i say six or seven times that now so you know electronics have you know Manage to keep up with the erosion of the dollar, but you know people's time should still be worth what it whatever it was always worth. Yeah, right. And they're probably playing better today. <laughs> oh, way better. Um, yeah. I'm doing my best. <laughs> well, and you know, and the level of minutia. Somebody was, you know, a, a car magazine columnist was writing this. You know, so here we were at some outdoor concert like Red Rock or someplace yeah. like that, and and we're all saying. Oh wow! Look, he's got a you know fifty nine Les Paul, and you know looks like a you know they're they're zeroing in all the minutia of the gear and whatnot, and then they're like, we never knew all that stuff back in the day when we were just you know rocking out to you know uh, you know the the you know a, the bands of the day you know yeah. we were vaguely aware if they played Marshalls or Fenders, but that was it you know. Damn yeah, man! So do you guys travel back customized to tonight? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah the st- highways will be clear. It'll be uh, we, nice. Hopefully, we, well, we uh, we inched our way up here, not not even two hours. Uh, oh, okay, uh, getting time all considered. Yeah, um, well, it's about it took what, me almost two hours from downtown when I came. Well, I, you know, there I, you, you go. You never know with LA. Well, I hear these legends about you know Westwood. You know, you take you half an hour to go four blocks. You know. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean. How is that possible? But it ain't like the old days. You know, right. you know, back in the 60s and 70s, if you called up somebody and they were 60 miles away, you'd say, well, I'll be there in an hour. Right. Yeah. That's the cops. Okay, my ride's here. You're right. <laughs> well, guys, I can't thank you. We've been wanting to have you guys on the show for so long now. Thank we, you for making the trip. Yeah, up. that's, well, that's thank you for, for making us. the incredible equipment, and thank you for giving us this Amazing wonderful giveaway. thing that we can give to some guitar wank fans somewhere around the world. We'll let you know who it is. Please do. Yeah, quiltalabs.com. 
Go try the amps. You'll yeah, be this blown is away. good stuff, guys. I mean, you guys like own guitar night. You know, I mean, every guitar night I go to, everybody's playing. Quartet oh, I love it. Much. Yeah. <laughs> you know, as, a, as like, a jazz lover, it's an you know, honor. To I mean, granted, granted, it's nothing but a bunch of us old people hanging around listening to guitar, but still, you know, hey, you got to start somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yep. thank you guys very much. This has been great. Ah, man. Great a, to a see pleasure. the spot as a fan of the podcast. Now, didn't you, hold it. Didn't you get a new guitar? I saw you a new guitar a little while back, right? Oh, what? probably. I can't remember <laughs> what one it was. It I remember yeah. it was on Facebook. You had something new. I got a Moffa that that's I've been wanting I, for a oh, long time. Right. And yeah. yeah. It's, yeah, everything I wanted and then some. So that's, uh-huh. That was a beautiful I feel very guitar. fortunate for having that. I had to sell a lot of things to make it happen, but <laughs> worth it. That's yeah. what we do. That's what we do. As we salespeople say, buy it right the first time. Right. So you don't yeah. have to buy it there right the go. second time. Exactly. Spend your money now. Yeah. 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 Pat, thank you, Pete. Well, thank you guys. Pat, for Steve, guys. Thank you guys Thanks for, for making us. the trip and boy, we'll and, and upgrading our both our our scene and our our intelligence quotient. All right. Yeah, all right. Thank and you guys very much. We'll, we'll give this away in the next in the next few weeks. Yeah. Yeah. It'll, it'll be. We're going to talk about it a little bit. Yeah. So we're going to talk about it. Yeah. yeah. And if anybody, you know, yeah. I, I, now that we've talked about it, no one's ever going to buy my 65 Pro Reverb. Yeah. <laughs> it's a classic. It's a classic. You know, I should be out yeah. there making great well, music. Well, you you know, know. One of my you know, often stated objectives is we make the stuff you feel free to take to a nightclub so you don't have to risk your precious tone standards, which ought to be you know kept safe in a, well, in a friendly or, environment, you know, pulled out now and then and for old time's sake you know and yeah. where that we you know where where they can shine but you know why risk something that you can't readily replace you right. know just on every and break your back yeah anyway, that's um, my back is the thing i'm thinking about yeah right. <laughs> but anyways if somebody wants an amazing app call me <laughs> all right all right guys fantastic thank you so much cheers <laughs> Thank you.